Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. Bibles with me this morning to the book of Acts, uh, Acts chapter number six this morning. Uh, Acts chapter number six, and uh, I originally was just planning on uh, teaching my class this morning and uh, was not anticipating uh, instructing our church uh, as far as a as far as a whole uh, in this hour but brother Tommy called me specifically asked me if I could uh, take the class this morning and so I want to do that and I want to utilize it uh, for our purposes today Acts chapter number six we'll begin reading in verse number one have a few verses of scripture that we'll read here and I'll go ahead and say this uh, as we begin the message. Uh, a lot of what I'm going to say this morning has to do with what we're going to be doing this evening. Uh, I've mentioned over the last several weeks, uh, and uh, we we've, we tried to uh, have a time every year where we uh, focus on who our church officers are going to be and uh, who is going to be in the different leadership of the uh, various areas of the church. And we do that every year. Last year, uh, as I was preaching through this passage of Scripture, uh, we noticed a, a, a phrase in here uh, that I believe was uh, was indicative of uh, the Lord leading me to not only have elections as a church, but nominations as a church uh, to select those uh, who would serve and allow our church offices to truly uh, represent the will of the church, uh, not just the domination of the pastor or uh, or just the same people stay in the same office. But however, to let the church decide who serves them in the different roles uh, of the church. And so uh, I believe it is very important. I believe last year uh, was fairly successful as we had our first time of doing that. This morning, I want us to go back to that passage of Scripture uh, that we looked at last year and begin uh, some comments, I guess, that will uh, help bring extra clarity to some things uh, that I'm going to mention tonight. Uh, look at Acts chapter number 6 and verse number 1. And uh, here in these beginning verses we uh, find what we, uh, what we in uh, the church world call the uh, calling, the selecting, the ordination of the original deacons of a church. And uh, now I will say this, I do believe, although we say that and we teach that and I believe that, I believe here in this uh, very early passage, you know, First uh, Timothy chapter 3 gives further clarification to what the Bible has for that office of a deacon. But here in Acts chapter number 6, it is still very new. The whole uh, issue as to why they were being called uh, was still in its introductory stages. And so there is more application here uh, that we can find of not just the role of a deacon in particular, but in the role of leadership in tandem as a whole. And so I want us to look at that a little bit 
And uh, we'll deal with some more specifics tonight. But I want to say, by the way, I hope you'll be here tonight. Uh, some of you, you know, you'll be here. You, most of you, some of you uh, have, uh, you come Sunday mornings, you come Sunday school, but there are some times that you'll miss on Sunday night. If you miss on Sunday night, make sure tonight's not that night that you miss on Sunday night. I'd like for everybody to never miss on Sunday night, uh, but make sure that you're not missing tonight, okay? I want you to hear what's being described because, to be honest with you, the reason why we're doing what we're doing today is because I'm going into great detail today in the hopes of not having to do it anymore. Uh, from the future, if there's any questions, uh, I can point you back to the videos that will be made today, and you can go back and listen to those without me having to take church to do it. And so that is part of one of the things why I want you here tonight to hear it, to, to, to receive uh, that instruction, and I hope uh, for us not to have to take church time uh, to do it in the future. Because I will say this, within our own church, even though we did it last year, and we are just simply doing again this year what we did last year, there have been many, many questions uh, concerning what we're doing. I don't think there should be. I think it's very self-explanatory. Uh, I think that what we're doing is the best way of doing it uh, and uh, of getting your uh, your uh, opinions represented, your, uh, your desire, the will of the congregation represented, and it is following exactly uh, what our bylaws have stated we need to do. And so I'm just going back to what was instituted in our church uh, going on 34 years ago when our church was started and we adopted the original bylaws. I'm following to the letter uh, what those say. And so, but then I'm also taking with that this step of nomination that I believe we see here in the scripture. So let's look at the verses together and then we will just briefly this morning uh, touch on the verses themselves. Acts chapter number 6, verse number 1, the Bible says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied. So here the church is growing, in other words. People getting saved, people making a decision to follow Christ. That is multiplying, that is growing, and the number is becoming large. The Bible says, There arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in, in the daily ministration. There in that verse you see how, the, how there has been a shift uh, in how, if I can use this term, uh, the reli biblical religion has worked uh, in the sense that now in the book of Acts uh, we are no longer dealing with Israel as a nation uh, to where a lot of God's promises and a lot of God's prophecies and a lot of what we find in the scripture is pointed toward the Jews specifically. Here we find both Hebrews and Grecians in the same uh, body of Christ together, Jew and Gentile now represent not Israel, but they represent the church uh, to where if you're a Jew, whether you're a Gentile, whether whatever ethnicity you're from, whatever, whatever color you are, whatever, uh, where you came from and who you are can be representative and have a place in the body of Christ in the family of God. And so there is no distinction here. Uh, two different classes of people, Grecians and uh, Hebrews. By the way, when you study the Bible and you see that there's something 
something that's mentioned to the Greeks. Uh, that is not just simply referring to those that are from Greece. Uh, amen. Or else only Brother Lewis would be able to have uh, that uh, specification in here. Uh, to the Jews and to the Greeks, it'd just be him. The rest of us would be uh, out on that. And uh, but uh, So when you see Greeks in the Bible or Grecian in the Bible, uh, it, is, it is a term that is being used uh, generally to speak of the Gentiles. Look at verse number uh, 2. The Bible said, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Uh, wherefore, brethren, look ye out from among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And again, I remind you, the original context here is uh, that of the deacon. And I have met many churches through the years uh, that have said that every church, according to that verse, has to have seven deacons. Some of my closest friends have uh, had that belief and have instituted that uh, in their church. But the problem is here, uh, according to the Word of God, uh, these seven men are representing the needs of several thousand people. Uh, somewhere could be up to 10,000 people or more that these seven men are representing. If, if, if the apostles and seven men can take care of the needs of, uh, of over 8,000 people, uh, if they can do that, uh, then I think that one or two can take care of our church. Amen. And uh, so uh, anyway, I don't hold to that. Some do. You may hear that. I don't hold to that belief for that reason. Uh, notice the qualifications here uh, for uh, the, specifically these deacons in the initial phase. Now, 1 Timothy 3 gives more specific qualifications uh, as that, pos that position in the church became uh, more solidified and uh, became a church office and not uh, the, these men helping the apostles uh, meet a particular need. And so here we find some very uh, basic character qualities that must exist uh, in these men as the original deacons, but I believe they represent uh, character qualities that are, uh, that are, been, that are uh, not just beneficial, uh, but I believe that every church leader should have. Uh, because what's taking place here, as you see here in uh, these verses, is these men are being appointed to meet the needs of the congregation, uh, to lay down their own needs and to be self-sacrificing to meet the needs of others. And so what we find here is what I would call servant leadership. And by the way, I believe all leadership should be servant uh, leadership. Uh, I'm not interested in somebody leading me that is not interested in, in not would not be interested in helping me do my job or, uh, or uh, doing the job as well. If you're too good for the position that I'm in, then you have no right to lead uh, me in that position. I believe it's that way on the workforce. If, you can, if your boss uh, cannot do the job that you do, then chances are they probably are not going to make a good boss. Amen goes right there. And uh, so uh, I, I, ju I just personally believe that. I believe all leadership should be servant leadership and not just, uh, not just being a monarch talking down and saying, you do this, but I'm not going to do this. It is uh, leadership, servant leadership. And here we find some qualifications that God uh, wants in his servants. Notice he says here, verse 3, wherefore look out from among you seven men of honest report. So they have to be of honest report. Got to have a good testimony. Uh, then number two, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. So full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Verse four, but we will give
give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and the Cantor, and Teman, and, uh, and uh, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And so there in verse number 7, and I'll deal with this some maybe more tonight, but there in verse number 7, if you have leaders that are actively uh, active in their positions, faithfully uh, serving in their positions, and they are being what God requires in leadership, which is a servant style of leadership, God promises His blessings on leaders who will lead by example and lead in service and be faithful in doing the task that has been given to them uh, by the church of the Lord Jesus. And so in verse number 7 talked about how this was greatly uh, how the church was greatly blessed from those that did that. So this morning I want to take uh, just a few minutes that we have this morning and I want to I want to speak to you I want to speak to you a little bit uh, about church leadership and nominating church leadership. And the first thing I want to talk about this morning is the purpose of nominating church leadership. Uh, what is the purpose of doing so? So we see the context, as I said, deals with the election and ordination uh, of the first deacons. And I believe we see principles here for all positions of church leadership. In Acts chapter number 6, in this original nomination uh, meeting, they nominated from those within their own midst, and they did it for a purpose. Look at verse number 3. He says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you, among yourselves. In other words, you look out amongst your own group here, amongst those that are saved in this body of Christ. Don't look on the outside for people to serve you. Look at those that are qualified in your midst to serve you. Seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Now notice this, whom we may appoint over this business. Do you see a word there in the word business? Uh, it's not spelled correctly because it's part of another word, but it's the word busy. In other words, God here through these men is selecting individuals to serve the body of Christ and that they are to be over a particular area of busyness for the church. They are to be busy serving a role, serving a need that needs to be met. So the first thing is it is from within their own midst that they are choosing, they are looking out and getting and giving uh, the names of individuals that they view as meeting the qualifications of having a good testimony, honest report, being full of the Holy Ghost, being full of wisdom, and appointing them over that business means that they are people that can be entrusted to be busy about the work of meeting the need that the church has. And again, like I said, these are principles that I believe we can see, yes, in context for deacons, but by 
application and by principle for all form of servant leadership of which uh, the deacon is to be the shining example of. Here I want us this morning uh, to understand what is taking place here in this passage as in Acts 6 they have what I call an original nomination meeting to nominate those from within their midst and to do it for a purpose. You see many churches will take times like we will have this evening at the end of our evening service and they will nominate names. Uh, by the way most churches do a nomination and then an election. And so and I see why here uh, in the scriptures. But they will have a time of nominating and they will nominate and then sub subsequently elect people to leadership positions just for the sake of filling positions. You'd be surprised how much that happens in our churches. And I'll be honest with you, I, I as a pastor of this church, uh, I would rather not have positions uh, than to just nominate names to fill roles in which people are not going to be busy about the duty and the need that there is to fill in those positions. You know, these positions that we're going to be nominating tonight uh, and, and then um, having you select the names that will appear uh, for official election on December the 11th, what we're doing is, is we're choosing from our own midst, knowing the need that our church has. We have a need of deacons to be servants of the church. I'm thankful for the deacons we have, but uh, I need these men. You need these men. And so therefore, for us to just abolish that and not have any, it would be a great disservice to the church. And the Bible calls for such a position for this reason. The need that this in context here that these men were originally feeling was a need that not only existed to the people, but to the pastor. I need them as much as you need them uh, to, to help in the service of the church. But then there are also other areas of need that we have. This morning, and I know it's a different kind of a situation because of Brother Tommy not being able to be here uh, this morning and asking me to take uh, this morning uh, for uh, this reason. But I'll, I'll, I will say this, uh, that these other positions that we have, there's a great need. We have a great need of Sunday school in our church. A lot of churches are doing away with Sunday school, but I'm telling I believe it's important. The teaching ministry of our church is biblically called for, and it is important. Uh, our records need to be taken care of, especially in the day that we, hour that we live in. We've got to have all of our legal documents where we can put our hands on them, and if they're called upon for us to know, uh, so we don't have folks that are uh, trying to come from uh, our government to put their hands in the church. We need uh, to operate in this world in a way that is a good testimony, and having somebody that's over that, and that is their main focus, is able to help us do that and do it right, and to have it the way that it needs to be. So those uh, documents and those things that we need, as well as keeping the history of the church that God has given us here for future generations, that those things are not forgotten about and mishandled in any kind of a way. Uh, we have a great need for people to help us with the finances around here. Uh, could you imagine what it would be like to try to be a church without a, without a treasurer? Uh, I'm telling you, it, it, I'm, if I talk to any position in our church on a regular basis, I promise I talk to the treasurer all the time. We need to know where our accounts are. We need to know where our missions is. Uh, by the way, yes, this is a ministry, but every ministry takes money to function, and God has put that in our hands to use, not just for our needs here, but for His own purpose. There's a great need for that. Amen. And then, 
you know, talking about. Uh, another position that we're going to be nominating for is what our bylaws calls, is a, calls a minister of hospitality. That's someone that helps us with our ushering and helps us get visitors cards in the hands of our visitors to where we can follow up on them. I try to do as much as I can, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of times that I can't do that. I can't talk to every visitor. I wasn't able with what I had uh, doing this morning. I wasn't able to talk to some of you, most of you, uh, when you came in. So hello, welcome, I love you, and uh, I'll shake your hand in just a little bit. I wasn't trying to slide anybody, but men like Brother, where's Brother, there's Brother Cody. Brother Cody holding that position, if I can't get to a visitor, he's, his whole job is to look for the visitors to come in, to talk to them, to make sure they know where the restrooms are, to make sure they have questions answered, to make sure if they're a first-time visitor, a card gets in their hand, and at least somebody, if all of us are running late and having a hard day and all of that, all the crazy stuff is happening, we have at least one person in the building that is going to make sure to offer officially a welcome from Beacon Baptist Church, our visitors. These are great needs that we have, and so therefore, it behooves us to take moments like this very, very seriously. Not just throwing a name on a paper, not just letting it be a popularity contest where we write down who our favorite person is or who our, mo who our most endeared uh, person is, but to actually consider who it is that we feel meets these qualifications of character for an uh, office of a deacon that also meets the biblical qualifications that they must minister, and who will take the busyness upon themselves and make it a priority of their life, this is my ministry within my local church. And so I believe we ought to take it seriously. We ought to take this time as I'm trying to teach this to you seriously. We ought to take tonight as I will try to instruct further uh, very seriously by being in our place and as the, as the teaching is going forth, being attentive to what's being said, uh, to be prayerful all afternoon, uh, to be serious minded and to come in ready and prayed up and ready uh, to let God use us to do exactly what this passage says. So we want those that we nominate to be busy about the work. We see here uh, from this passage of Scripture that these individuals were busy and every officer or servant leader uh, in the church is expected to fulfill the purpose for which they were nominated and elected. And I will be putting it before, uh, before the end of this morning's service. I will put a piece of paper in your hand that gives the list of qualifications if there are some and will give the job description for each of these offices so you will know exactly uh, what is expected of the person that you are nominating and that you will be able to nominate a person that will do a great job and represent the church and represent your will for the church in a way that best reflects what our church's heart is at this time. You won't, it won't just be picking from a list of names or looking at one particular qualification as opposed to others, but it'd be a well-rounded view of you you knowing what you're doing tonight so you can take it seriously and let God use you to do that. So I'll put that in your hands in just a moment. These individuals will be expected as the text says with verse number 3 where the Bible says at the end of the verse whom we may appoint over this business. There with these individuals this will be offices in which I will expect them uh, to be over a particular area of ministry within our church and then for them to report back to me on the state of their particular realm of, uh, of overseeing. And that way I can know what's going on within the church and the needs of the church and I can be well informed.
formed, but yet that there's different areas of the church uh, ministry that will not be missed out on because of the moments that I may not have time, as I've already stated, to do this ministry or that ministry and to try to do them all. Delegating is so important. And the Bible says here that there comes a point in time where it is exclusively necessary for the health and for the future ministry of a church for there to be designation. And I believe it is to represent the church's wishes according to this. And by the way, I do, I do want to remind you of this, and I don't, I'm not saying this as a as uh, uh, as uh, something to be negative or any kind of to be received in that way of all, definitely not a threat or anything uh, like that. I'm just going to state what our bylaws say as I talk about the idea of being busy. I've never had to, I've known this since I've come here. I've never had to bring this up because all of our people have done a great job and I haven't had to do this. But Article 5, Section 8, Subsection B of our church constitution and bylaws says that in talking about being busy and uh, eager and and earnestly, efficiently, effective in an individual office. Our, our bylaws say any officer who neglects his or her duty as outlined in the Constitution for a period of three months may, may be removed from uh, his or her position at the discretion of a pastor uh, of the pastor and another may be appointed by the pastor to serve the unexpired term. And I say that because that means that both the Word of God and the our bylaws that our church was set up upon bring this idea of we want busy people serving the Lord in leadership positions in our churches, or in our church in, in particular. And the, our bylaws actually has a statement concerning that. I want us to do better than we've ever done. I want us to be more faithful than we've ever been. I want us to be more biblical than we've ever been. Each and every year we have tried to do better and better and better in this particular area. And as we get better and better and better and more organized and more administrative and more efficient, what will happen is, is God will allow us, and I believe we see it, have seen it over the last several years in a measure, but that God will allow us even more to see the results of verse number 7 of Acts chapter number 6 take place within the life of our church. I want to see the Word of God increase. I want to see the number of people following Christ multiply here at Beacon Baptist Church. The Word of God getting out to more people and more people getting saved and more of those that get saved getting discipled and more of those who have been saved growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. This is a way that God has said that you can assure that will happen within our church. So basically speaking, we nominate people uh, to fill the roles of servant leadership within a church to meet needs uh, that have been noticed within uh, the church body. So we see that determining the needs uh, of the church is found in verse number two. When they, uh, when this uh, situation here in verse number one and in verse number two, took place, they saw it as a need, and a need that needed to be addressed. And they did this as a solution uh, to meeting those needs. And I will say this, that there will be times where needs within the church will arise. When we created those bylaws all those years ago, it was done, and I, like I said, I wasn't here, I wasn't even born. When you guys adopted, many of you adopted 
those bylaws. But the reason why uh, they were adopted uh, originally was because as a church we we foreseen uh, the idea that at least those basic needs that would be in any church that any, any ministry that God gave us here. We knew there's going to be a need for Sunday school. We need, knew there's going to be a need for deacons one day. We knew there's going to be a need uh, for treasure and for all of these things. We saw those as basic needs that you could foresee at the very beginning of the ministry. And there will be times that uh, we may need to add more positions and more uh, areas of responsibility as the needs in the church arise and nominating in a church uh, congregation to lets us uh, realize what the needs are, determine within our mind these are needs that need to be met and then to set out uh, trying to meet them. And that's what we will do. We will nominate uh, for needs to be met. We, As I've already said, we have uh, needs in all of these positions and these roles feel that. And so it was a need it was a need uh, that uh, met, uh, was, was uh, excuse me, was the answer uh, to a situation, to a problem uh, within the church. Here specifically, uh, there was a very negative need. It wasn't a ministerial need. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it was still a need. There were people that were murmuring and complaining. Now, as far as I know, and I know I'm in a Baptist church, so I have to say as far as I know, I haven't heard of much murmuring and complaining. If it is, I want to hear about it. Amen. Amen. I, I think it needs to be dealt with. It's never healthy for a church, if there is. But there were more. Now, you think about this now. And this, by the way, this is the way the devil works. Here we find a church that is growing. Thousands are being saved. Thousands are being added to the church. Oh, the Bible says over 3,000 uh, at one time. Amen. At one day. This is a church that God is blessing, and yet in the midst of God's blessings, there's a handful of people that feel like that they're not getting the attention they deserve, and murmuring happens in the midst of a church that is being blessed by the Lord. That's the way the devil works. What we're doing tonight will help us to try our best to bring down any reason for people being dissatisfied or disgruntled. Here it met the need of a problem that was a problem in the sense that people were complaining and murmuring and they uh, were upset. And by the way, uh, that is something that happens even among God's people. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Well, outside of my personal experience... By biblical knowledge, we realize that the children of Israel in the Old Testament, they were a murmuring people. We realize that here in the New Testament, apparently uh, these, uh, uh, these uh, Grecians were a murmuring people. The Bible says there, and there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. They were against others within the body of Christ. We don't want that, and this helps uh, to meet those needs as best as we can. And so uh, here we understand uh, that that was their issue but there will be needs, hopefully not of such a negative nature uh, that needs to be met. But at the same time, we need to be reminded of the fact that that very well could happen within our church family as well. And we need to be on guard against that to make sure uh, that it does not. Here we see that the Bible here in verse number 2 talks about the multitude of the disciples, that it, that it is growing. These are people uh, that were, uh, uh, that were uh, being... Uh, 
identified as people that were known for following Jesus in everything they do. God is blessing in that way, but yet there's still needs that need to be solved. We see that it is a problematic need, but it was also a practical need in the sense that it had a very practical solution. This need, although it was negative and it was against murmuring, it had a very practical solution. And by the way, just about any need that we will encounter as a church, any problem that we may encounter as a church, they usually do have very practical solutions. Very, a lot of times the solutions can be very, sim very simple, and a lot of times it is just as simple as pointing to a verse of Scripture and following that verse of Scripture. That's what I tried to do last year. That's what we're trying to do this year. <coughs> Excuse me. We are trying to look at the Bible as an example for what we do and try to stay as close to what this text is describing to us as we can as a church. And by the way, God will bless a church and a Christian that tries to live their life as close to the Scriptures as they can. Amen. So here it's a practical need, had a practical solution. There's still needs in churches today. Uh, God's men are still called to oversee a congregation as their pastor. Uh, with that as their primary duty, the ministry and the preaching of the Word of God. And so therefore servant leadership in the area of deacon. And then by application uh, we can also apply this to other areas uh, of overseeing different ministries as well. Uh, to where it, it the, 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 the duty here was they were upset because people were being neglected because it was the apostle's job to fill all of the roles and meet all of the needs while trying to preach the gospel, to visit every person, to try to meet every need, answer every phone call, be at every place, and then still at the same time focus on the needs of the preaching of the Word of God. And here we understand that practically one man cannot be in more than one place at a time. Even the apostles <clears throat> as great as they were, they could not be in more than one place at one time. And so therefore, if one individual tries to take all of the responsibility and a church never has leadership, then guess what? Your needs aren't going to be met. They're going to fall through the cracks. Because the main job of the pastorate has to be to focus on the Word of God in prayer. Or else what I do for you Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and sometimes even in Sunday school, I cannot do. I will let our young people down in the teach that I the, the teach that I class, the class that I teach, amen. I will let you down as I'm trying. If, if, if it's not for the leadership, what will happen? Is, is I don't have the time to feed you the Word of God the way that you need to be fed, and I am simply trying to give you morsels of what leftover time I have, and that cannot be done. That is not to say that a pastor should not visit. Now, let me say this, and this may not be very popular. What time do I have? Y'all listen to me very clearly. There is not one verse of Scripture that says that a pastor has to do visits. Not one. There's not one statement in our bylaws that says that my job is to do visits, is to do weddings, or even is to do funerals. The job description that you gave me in those bylaws does not include any of that. Those are things that I do because I want to. Those are things that I do because as your shepherd I want to do them. 
The closest biblical qualification that you can find that would demand me to do those things is to be where the Bible says that they must be given to hospitality. However, if you look up the definition of the word hospitality, hospitality does not deal necessarily with those that you know well. Hospitality is the entertaining of guests. It is the entertaining of strangers. So I don't know how much we can apply that. However, when it comes to meeting the needs of the people, that is why God says we have deacons, we have church leadership. I can choose to do whatever I want to do and to fill my time with visiting our people, and I want to do that. I've done visits this week. I have, I have sat in people's homes this week. I have no problem doing that. I'm not complaining about doing that. It's one of the joys of my ministry, getting to know our people. I love, now I, I know pastors who hate it. I love doing weddings. I, I just, I love it. I love doing Brother Kyle and Miss Raylan's wedding. I had the time of my life doing James and Miss Anna's wedding. I love doing weddings. I like Doing funerals, I guess you could say like. In other words, when I say, I don't like the fact that people die. I hate the fact that people in our congregation die. But at the same time, it, I guess like's not a good. It is an honor for me to do somebody's funeral. Amen. I'm not required to do it, but I want to do it. In my heart, my heart gives the requirement. Because I could never imagine stepping away from that particular area. But what I'm saying is, is for us to say that, and a lot of churches do this, well, the pastor needs to be at everything, and the pastor needs to have a time where he visits every member in their home every single week. And I know of a pastor in our area, uh, not close, but I know him. He's close enough to where I know him, uh, to where if you don't show up to church on Sunday, he's on your doorstep Monday morning. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. One of the greatest lessons that I learned as a pastor is that you can visit with most people just as well on a telephone as you can being in their living room. Amen. We're living in a day where most people don't want you showing up unannounced at somebody's house. We're living in a day where most people don't answer their phone when the preacher calls. So much less answering the door. But... You know, I'm trying to make light of a, of a very serious situation. There is a great need for the people of God to be ministered to and to be loved and to be taken care of. One of the privileges you get at being a part of a local New Testament church is that you have people that are concerned not, not just with your spiritual needs but your physical needs. A church that is worth its salt is concerned with more than dollars and dimes and an offering plate. They're concerned with more than body and bodies in seats, but they are concerned about ministering to people in their lives where they are. But for me as the pastor to do that best, the best way I can minister to you in your life is making sure that I have spent plenty of time in prayer, plenty of time in the Word to make sure that when I stand up here in a few minutes on Sunday morning for the service and Sunday night for the service and Wednesday night for the service that I'm giving you some so 
something that you can not only apply to your life now, but you can take it into Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and you can live on the spiritual food that you're getting. That's my primary job. Everything else I do with the time, the other time that I have, if I have it, and if I don't have it, and I've done it to Brother Lewis before. I've called up Brother Lewis in the past and said, I need you to go do this visit for me. I can't do it. I need you to go. I did this to Brother Lewis Caldwell, and I hate how it ended up, so I hate that I had to send you on it. But I need you to go do this visit for me. It didn't end up being a great visit. <laughs> But he, took, he, he, he did it anyway. Why? Because as a deacon at the time, it was his job to do that. He was helping me. And by helping me, he was helping you. And by showing up and then meeting that need and discussing and having those visits, not only was he, when Brother Lewis went and met and had a visit with Brother William, when Brother William had, a, had an incident and had to go to the hospital, you know what he did? He met a need for me. But he also met a need for William. And allowed me to meet needs that you have. Do you see how effective that works? Do you see how well that works when everybody that is, that, that is needed to meet a need meets, their, meets that need? They do it with eagerness. They do it with excitement. They do it uh, with, with a mind and with a heart that they're giving themselves. It is so much better when an individual can give themselves to one or two tasks as of trying to give themselves to 15. Because when you try to give yourself to too, 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 too many things, those, all of those things aren't getting the best part of you. Only some of them are. So we see the need here, and this allowed for the needs to be met. And this is the last thing I'll say, and I'm done, and I'll give you 10 minutes before the service tonight, or for the service this morning. And uh, I'm not going to be dealing with this this morning. It's got, I've got a happy message, a joyful message, so, and I, I planned it that way. Before I even knew I was doing this, and I, after Tommy told me about doing this, I was very, very excited for the message that I had to be nice and uplifting. Amen. I told you ladies, after the fall festival, the way y'all had to handle in that kitchen, I'm staying off of y'all for a while. Now, that, that, is, that is your thank you from the church. I'm not preaching against women for at least until January. Amen. <laughs> There's a great need that the body of Christ has to meet. There's great areas of service that we can be involved in. What we're, what we're talking about this morning, what we'll talk about tonight, what we'll do tonight after the service in nominating our church leaders, I cannot express enough, is very, very serious. It is, it is a very godly thing. It is a very spiritual thing. These are people that are going to be entering into not just positions where they can say, I've got a title and I've got a badge of popularity or whatever the case may be. These are people that are entering into roles of ministry to where they are the servants of God meeting a need in their local church. And here's what it does. It delivers, as I've already said, in meeting the needs of the pastor of the church. I cannot do everything. The assistant pastor cannot do everything. We've got to have more than just a couple of people meeting all of the needs. Even a smaller church, I, I look at a smaller church, somebody, a church that's less than 100 or 200, a smaller church even. We, I, I cannot, as much as I'd like to think I'm Superman and I can, I've learned in five years, I can't meet the needs of everybody in here. There's so much that has fallen through the cracks when I've tried. You cannot do it. You meet needs in my life. I need your help. Y'all pay attention for just the last couple of seconds. 
You meet the needs of the, the people of the church. I've already stated that. And then you meet the needs. You deliver in meeting the needs of the progress of the church. That is verse 6 and verse 7. They nominated in verse number uh, verse number 5, verse number 6, whom they set before the people. I, I would tell you that is not only a nomination, but that could be applicable to a vote in the sense that they set them among the apostles. These are the ones that we have chosen. These are the ones that we believe meet those qualifications. And then the Bible says, and when they prayed, they laid, laid their hands on them. There was an official sanctioning of these people in those offices. We'll do that in January, just like we did this year, where we'll bring these people that will be nominated to nine, and then the ones that make it onto the ballot on December the 11th that we vote on and officially make the officers of our church. In January, we'll do what our, what our bylaws say. We'll have, a, we'll have a public installation service where we will not lay our hands on them and anoint and, and ordain them, rather, as these people did to these original deacons, but for all of our leaders we will publicly say, these are the ones that we've selected, these are the ones we believe meet these qualifications, these are the ones that are, we are publicly recognizing as our servants in the ministry of His church. And in verse number 7, the Bible said when they did that, the Word of God increased. The number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Even those hardened by dead religion were coming to Christ. I'm telling you, wouldn't that be great to see at Beacon Baptist Church, people getting saved, the church growing, greatly being blessed, and people, uh, even those that are bound in religion and all of these things that keep folks from Christ, coming to Christ, and our church just being the church that we ought to be, reminiscent of this New Testament church, I think it would be a great thing. That is the purpose for nominating church leadership. That is the purpose of church leadership in tandem is that there are needs to be met. There are that a few, a group of a few cannot meet many needs. They must be met. They can only be met by some that are engaged in being busy about the work. And that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. <laughs>